to the service that's already in progress at the Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located at 1720 Jay Street at the corner of Jay and Doolittle. We welcome you to come and visit with us. If you want to reach us by phone, you can reach us at 702-647-2627. We would love to hear from you. If you want to see our services and the internet, you can find us at AbundantLifeLV.org. Our speaker today is one of our associate pastors, Pastor Elder Wayne O'Bannon. Before he speaks, we will have our scripture brought to us by Sister Donna Chambers, after which you will be blessed with a musical selection from our mass choir. We pray that you are blessed by our service today and invite you to come and visit with us. The scripture reading is taken from Romans chapter 14, verses 11 through 13. Romans chapter 14, verses 11 through 13. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I will. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. With every chance I have to praise you, Lord, I will, no matter what is happening.
Say amen again, saints. I'd like to say good morning, family, friends, and guests. Welcome and happy Sabbath. And again, I want to welcome and say happy Sabbath to our KKVV listening audience. Thank you for joining our service today. For those of you who weren't here at Sabbath School, we want to remember the rest of our pastoral staff, Pastor Rock and his family, Pastor Lee Wars, uh, who are at camp meeting on this Sabbath day. They will be with us on next week. We pray for traveling mercies as they return. Mass choir, mass choir. Thank you so much for that spiritual music. And you, young lady. And where did Robin go? Y'all just made my job all that much easier. 
We could actually say the benediction and go home. But the Lord said he has to have a word. But again, I want to thank the Mass Choir for that beautiful spirit-filled music. I want to thank dear Sister Donna Chambers for the scripture reading. I, I, was, I was wondering if she would do it, and I asked her, and without hesitation, she said, yes, thank the Lord for that. This being my third opportunity to preach to you here, I feel I've already gotten my feet wet, and now it's time to jump in all the way here at Abundant Life. Is that all right? So y'all not going to be mad at me. I'm part of the family now. All right. In these last days, I believe my responsibilities as a pastor go far beyond what I have to do and my obligations to the conference. I believe I have an accountability to a higher source, and that is to the Lord. And my goal is to so let the Lord use this unworthy vessel, for I'm a sinner just like you are, but to let him use, it, use me so that we both can be blessed. Amen? Have you come today to hear a word from the Lord? I say, have you come today to hear a word from the Lord? If you've come to hear a word from the Lord, say, praise the Lord. When you got up this morning, you had made the decision to come to the Abundant Life Church, and you made it. So say, thank you, Jesus. And we always want to give God the highest praise. So let's all together say, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Our scripture for the morning said, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess unto God. So then every one of us, how many of us? Every one of us will give an account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. The message today is entitled, What Does It Take? Pray with me as we ask the Lord to reveal his truth to us today. Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord, I am just a lowly vessel that has put myself, allowed myself to be put in a place to speak your word. So, Lord, let me not be seen, but let Jesus be seen through the words that are spoken. Lord, you have already filled this place with your Holy Spirit. Let us continue to grow in grace and continue to be filled that we may come into the knowledge of the truth. This is our prayer. Let us all say together, amen and amen. What? does it take? In this world in which we live, we are always looking for the best deal. The best deal on a house. The best deal on the car. I know we're all looking for the cheapest gas around this place. Now, there was a spot over on Decatur in Vegas 
that had it a couple of weeks ago for 351, and there was a long line, and guess what? I was in that line. <laughs> now it's gone up to like 399 now, and I'm just saying, well, do I want to spend all that time to go all the way? But you know what? I'm still looking, and I'm sure you are too. We want to get the most for the least. Some of us like to shop. Now, I knew I was going to hear from the ladies. For either shoes or dresses or lavender blouses. I got to tell you, that young lady that was directing the choir is my wife. Let's give her another amen. Yes, yes, yes. Always looking for the best deal. And believe it or not, there are individuals in this world today who even want to find the easiest way to salvation. Turn with me to Acts chapter 16. Acts the 16th chapter. read the story of Paul and Silas locked up beginning on verse 25 and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them how many of you had midnight in your life you know where stuff is going on it's so dark you can't see your way out of it I want to ask you a question did you pray did you sing praises unto God even at midnight? I like what Brother O.C. asked you all earlier. Your plans to make it to heaven. Are you planning to make it? And I saw the hands go up. But I want to ask today, how many of you all brought your Bibles? Yes. Amen. I love to see the hands. I love to see the Bibles. For brothers and sisters, we are in a war and this is our weapon. So if we're going to live our lives to be saved, if we want to find salvation, it's found in the word of God. So if your word is at home on the mantle, or if you don't even know where your word is, see me, I'll give you one, or go out and buy one, because you need this if you want to truly be saved. Verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was what? A great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. Not just Paul and Silas, but all the prisoners' bands were loosed. Brothers and sisters, if we get serious about God, we will be able to help others get free from the darkness, free from their imprisonment. And the keeper of the prison, awakened out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled or they had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then the keeper of the jail he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. There are those trying to find the easy way to salvation that will look at this text in verse 31 and say, All I have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I am saved. I can do whatever I want, go, whatever, go wherever I want, eat whatever I want, as long as I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm saved. It says it right here in the Bible. It's really ironic that people can look at this verse and take the Bible at just what it says. It says all I have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But Jesus also says in John chapter 14 and verse 15, if ye love me, keep my commandments. When they hear that text, they are quick to say the law was nailed to the cross. But they don't realize that there are five laws that govern man. There are natural laws. We have seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall. Gravity, what goes up, must come down. The sun rises in the daytime, the moon at night. We have birth and we have death. All these things fall under the natural laws that govern man. And we have health laws. Surgeon General says smoking can cause cancer. I've heard that there are illegal drugs out there that if you try it one time, it could take your life. So many young people, so many people out there experimenting. I wonder what it's all about. Ecstasy, lewds, quaaludes, PCP, all that stuff I heard about. It can take your life, brothers and sisters. And I'm sure nobody here today woke up this morning and had a big bowl of rat poison cereal. <laughs> poison will kill you. You have to eat right if you want to live right. And then there are civil laws. Out here on Martin Luther King Boulevard, the speed limit is 45 miles an hour. I want a young person to tell me, if I'm driving 75 miles an hour, running red lights, what chance is there? What's going to happen to me? I'll crash or somebody will come up and grab me from behind, pull me out, and chances are I won't be driving my car home. I will be going to jail. And then there's paying taxes. You make $100,000 a year, but you only claim $25,000. Chances are the IRS will be knocking on your door, and you will too go to jail. Then there is the moral law, God's law that he wrote with his own finger on how we should relate to him, how we should relate to our fellow men. God says in the stories he told us in the children's story, thou shall have no other gods before me. Thou shall not take my name in vain. I will not hold you guiltless if you take my name in vain. And toward our fellow men, four for God, six for man. Don't steal from your brother. Don't covet his house, his wife, his Mercedes, his Rolls Royce, his Volkswagen. 
Thou shalt not covet. These are all under the moral laws. And then the fifth one is the ceremonial laws. Laws where we bring sacrifices to atone for our sins. Sheep, goats, turtle doves if we're poor. Which one of these does not apply to us anymore? The fifth one, ceremonial laws. That's the one that we are not obligated to follow anymore. But it wasn't nailed to the cross. Jesus was nailed to the cross. Matthew 5, beginning at verse 17. Turn there quickly. Matthew. Chapter 5, beginning at verse 17, Jesus himself says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am come not to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. In other words, not one dot of the eye or one crossing of the T. And then over to verse 20. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. The law of God is forever. When Jesus comes, the laws of nature will no longer prevail. Turn over to Revelation chapter 6 and verse 12. What's going to happen when Jesus comes? Revelation chapter 6 and verse 12. Love to hear those pages turning. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was an earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. And the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled up together, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. When Jesus comes, natural laws as we know it will not exist. In heaven nor in the new earth will there be civil laws. There'll be angels up there, but there'll be nobody patrolling. Because everybody in heaven will be doing the right thing. You don't have to worry about leaving your doors open in your mansion in glory. Nobody's going to be breaking in to take your stuff. Only the righteous will make it to heaven. And then, there'll be no red lights. No stop signs. There'll be no health laws. Why? If you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I love using the Bible. Because then you can't say that I said it. It's coming from the word. Is that all right? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall be what? Changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, 
and we who are alive shall be changed. For corruption must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. And then the last part of verse 54, death is swallowed up in victory. We don't have to worry about death anymore when Jesus comes. But the question is, what law also still pertains? God's law shall pertain to us through eternity. But the question is, can keeping the law save us? Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 tells us the wages of sin is what? And how many of us have sinned? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God from the pulpit to the door. All have sinned. Romans 3.23. So for man not to be under the penalty of sin, a death had to occur. And God our Father, in his love for us, wanting to save us, sent his only son, Jesus, to pay the penalty for our sins. Jesus paid the penalty for all mankind by his death on the cross. But there are those who believe that by his death on the cross, all sin was forgiven. Are you one of those? Do you believe that since Jesus died on the cross, all sin is forgiven, so I can sin all I want, Jesus died, it's all right. Don't be deceived, brothers and sisters. Jesus paid the penalty, but there is a consequence. If we turn to 1 John, or if you look at 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We must confess our sins. How do we know we sin? By the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. But again, can the law save us? Can keeping the Ten Commandments, can going to church on the seventh day of the week save us? Turn to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew, the 19th chapter, a very familiar parable, beginning at verse 16. Parable of the rich young ruler. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? In other words, what does it take for me to be saved? What did Jesus say? Jesus said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said unto him, which? Which one, Jesus? Which, which, what, which commandments are you talking about? Jesus said, Thou shalt not do murder. Thou shalt not kill. 
Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother and love thy neighbor as thyself. Those sound quite familiar, don't they? Exodus chapter 20. The young man said unto him, All these I have kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? And this is one we really miss when we read this parable. Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be what? If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell what thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when the young man heard that, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, the rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And when the disciples heard this, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, we then, who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto him, With men, this is what? Impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have thereof? And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that hath forsaken house, or brethren, or sister, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake, Jesus says, shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. There are going to be individuals that want to hold on to their stuff more than they want to hold on to Jesus. Let's look back real quick at verse 17. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. If you're not keeping the commandments, you are not in life yet. You're living, but you don't have the life that Jesus wants you to have. And then verse 21, if thou wilt be perfect, go and sell all that thou hast, give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 48 says, Be ye therefore perfect, as your Father also in heaven is perfect. And we've always had an issue on how can I have perfection? In the flesh, brothers and sisters, you will never be perfect. God in heaven is a spiritual being. He is a spirit being. And for you to have perfection, you must be spiritually perfect. Perfect. How can we do that? Only through regeneration, meaning conversion. You have to turn from the old man, 
bury the old man and live in newness of life through Jesus Christ. Only through regeneration, conversion, can we be saved and have eternal life. No church that I know of has ever shed a drop of blood to save a soul. Only Jesus shed his blood. Now the church seems to want us to act converted before we are converted. Before you can join the church, you have to do this, 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 this. And you can join. And a lot of people have joined churches just that way. Jesus, I know Jesus, but the reason you want to be in the church is this, this, this. To do these things, you have to be in the church. Brothers and sisters, the church needs to let everybody know only through the blood of Jesus can a person be converted. Can a, version, can a conversion take place? If I stop doing a thing just because you want me to do it, I don't, I, I used to tell folks, oh, you need to stop doing this, stop doing that. I don't want anybody to stop a thing because of me. Because like I said earlier, I'm just as guilty as you. But if you give it up for Jesus, I guarantee you, he will, as it were, throw it in the depths of the sea. You won't have to worry about it anymore. He will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But that's why we have so many problems today. There are so many church converted people and no Christ, not enough Christ converted people. And when they see those Christ converted people, they look at them and say, oh, you're just so fanatical. The Bible says that, but Jesus, he loves me. God is so merciful, he won't hurt me. God says, I will not hold you guiltless if you take my name in vain. God has a standard, brothers and sisters, that he wants us to stay and hold to. But it is only through Jesus that we can be converted. Romans 12 and verse 2, be ye, we must be transformed. We're not conformed to this world, but transformed by the newness of life. The church must continue to preach Jesus and him crucified. John chapter 12 and verse 32, Jesus says, And I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. Once you have truly given your life to Jesus, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. You can't know it all beforehand, but once you accept Jesus as the Son of God, as your personal Savior, the sacrifice he gave on the cross, once you accept that, then now lay off your own desires and take his yoke on you. And he says, my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. But God has a standard for his people. And I say for his people. This standard may not be for all the world, but God has a standard for his people on how he wants them to eat. In Leviticus chapter 11, you can read what meats are clean and what are unclean, what God wants you to eat and what he says don't even touch the carcass. God has a standard. 
He has a standard on how he expects you to dress. Turn to first. If you look at first Timothy chapter two, you'll find that out. God wants you to look different than the world. He wants those who love him and obey him to look different than those who don't care about him, just care about themselves. He wants you to look different. He has a different way that he desires for us to worship him. You don't just worship the Lord any old way on any old day. Exodus chapter 20, he tells you how. He tells you what day to worship him on. And he even has a way how he wants his people to praise him. And if you read the 156th division of the psalm through 150, it tells you how God wants you to praise him with the song. Praise him with high sounding symbols. Enjoy praising the Lord. Too many of us come to church and we don't have a lick of joy in our lives. Or at least it can't be seen. If you are here and enjoying the Lord, your face, your mannerism should show it. You should be happy when you're in the house of the Lord on the Sabbath. And when the sun goes down on Sabbath evening, you should be sad because you got to go through a whole week of the devil beating on you before you get to another one. Turn now to Isaiah chapter 40, 45. Isaiah, the 45th chapter. Verse 18 tells us, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. Verse 22 says, Look unto me and be saved. All the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that unto every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. And then John, the 14th chapter in verse 6, Jesus further says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you would be saved, sell all that you have and follow Jesus. What that means is whatever you hold near and dear to yourself, be willing to give it up for Jesus. And to save your brothers and sisters. A lot, of us are gonna, a lot of us are doing things, as the scripture this morning, doing things that are being a stumbling block to our brothers and sisters. We say we're Christians, but we act like the world. We want to preach the gospel. We want to share a blessing, share a witness to somebody about how Jesus wants them to act, and we're acting just the opposite. That's confusing the people. And God is not a God of confusion. Amen? Amen. And what we eat, God expects us to give it up and eat according to his will and his way. 
Our desires to look like the world, to fit in. We don't want to stand out, but brothers and sisters, it's time to stand out. Back in the day, you, you, you used to be able to tell who was a Seventh-day Adventist and who wasn't. Nowadays, it's so hard. You have to ask people. And sometimes they still don't want to tell you. Because they're ashamed. But I am not ashamed of Jesus. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's stop desiring to look like the world. Let's stop desiring the amusements of the world. Because the world is not going to receive what's in heaven. And that's what I want. If I have to give up everything on this earth to make it to glory, that's what I'm going to do. How about you? Give it up for Jesus. If you would be saved. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15 says, Love not the world, neither the things in the world. In other words, that stuff has no meaning to you if you're connected with Jesus. Now, you must occupy until Jesus comes. Don't go and set yourself up on some desert island and say, I'm just going to sit here and wait till the Lord come. I'm not going to be tempted by nobody. No, brothers and sisters, our duty is to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Finally, brothers and sisters, I am in no way passing judgment on anyone. Each one of us has to give an account of ourselves unto God. Each one of us. And time is winding up. We can look and see the things in the world that God is about to stand up and say, it's finished. Jesus, go and get those who are sealed, those who have chosen me. God is coming soon. And as a servant of God, my duty to you, brothers and sisters, is to preach Jesus so that a conversion can take place. Now, I could preach you some nice stories from the Bible and you can go away here feeling good. Say, boy, that was nice. But if it doesn't touch your heart, I haven't done my job. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 says, Judge not that ye be not judged. I, brothers and sisters, am but a servant. I'm a watchman. And it is my duty to warn you. And it is your duty to warn others of the danger that is about to come. I want one of my Bible scholars out there in the audience to look up Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 33. And read aloud for me verses 6 and 7. Ezekiel chapter 33. Verses 6 and 7. When you find it, I want you to stand up and read it aloud. Ezekiel chapter 33. All right, read it nice and loud.
Amen. Thank you so very much. If I don't warn you, you will be lost. But your blood will be in my hands. And I don't want that. And if you don't warn those that you know in darkness, they may die in their sins, but their blood will be on your hands. So I asked the question earlier. How many of you want to be saved? How many of you want to be saved? Amen, amen. How many of you want to do something to keep somebody else from being saved? Were y'all listening to me? How many of you want to do something to prevent somebody else from being saved? I shouldn't see no hands going up. You're being a stumbling block to your brother. Don't be a stumbling block. Don't prevent someone else from having salvation. God's law is still binding. You hear me? God's law is still binding. In the 19th division of the psalm, the word of God says from 7 to 11, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of God is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Salvation, dear ones, is a work of a lifetime. There is no once saved, always saved, as some would believe. Salvation is consummated when Jesus returns. When Jesus comes, salvation then is with us. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28, So Jesus was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And in Acts chapter 4, in verse 12. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given, unto, given among men whereby we must be saved. The only thing that saves us, brothers and sisters, is Jesus and his shed blood. You can keep all the commandments. You can be the nicest person in the world. But if you don't have Jesus, you're going to be lost. But if you have Jesus, you really are not under the law because you're keeping the law already. The law is not grievous unto you. You ask Jesus what he would have you do. And Jesus shows you and tells you and you obey. Turn now to 1 Corinthians 
chapter 13. And I want us to read it together in a special way. It's called the love chapter. There are times that we have read it and instead of saying charity, we say love. But today, I want us in place of the word charity, put Jesus. Let's read together. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not Jesus, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mystery and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I, have, I could remove mountains, and have no Jesus, I am nothing. And though I bestow my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not Jesus, it profiteth me nothing. Jesus suffereth long, and is kind. Jesus envieth not. Jesus vaunteth not himself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly seeking his own is not easily provoked thinketh no evil rejoice not iniquity but rejoiceth in truth beareth all things believeth all things hopeth all things endureth all things Jesus never faileth but whether there be prophecies they shall fail whether there be tongues they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, and Jesus. These three, but the greatest of these is Jesus. Brothers and sisters, God is love. God loves each and every one of us, and he wants to save each and every one of you. Do you really want to be saved? If you really want to be saved, are you willing to do what it takes? Are you willing to be looked at differently by your friends? Because you don't go those places that they go. You don't speak as they go. You don't listen to the stuff that they listen to. Are you willing to do what it takes? What does it take to be saved? Jesus and obedience to his word. Jesus wants his people to obey his word and to bring others out of darkness into this marvelous light. And he wants you to stand out. To stand out in such a way that when people see you, 
they see something different about you. And they say, I want to have some of that. What is that that you have? And you can say, I have Jesus. And you can give them hope. You can give them true faith. And above all, you can give them Jesus. Now my appeal is a simple one. If you truly want to be saved, I want you to stand. If you truly want to be saved, I want you to stand up. If you don't want to be saved, stay seated. Because I have no heaven or hell to give you. But Jesus died so you can have eternal life. And if you want to be saved, he has a way for you to be saved. Now that you've stated you want to be saved, there may be someone in the audience that has not been baptized. Now you know about Jesus. Now you know that he gave his life for you. Now you know he shed his blood for you. And to be a part of the household of faith, he asked that you be baptized. If you have not ever been baptized in the name of Jesus, I want you to come down front. I want you to give your life to Jesus and be baptized. Is there anyone here today? Anyone? Anyone that wants to make their calling and election sure? Praise the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. Come right down front. God bless you. God bless you, sweetheart. Just sit right there, right there. Now, there may be somebody here who has been baptized. But you thought that once you were baptized, everything was all right now. But we must remember we're baptized by the water and by the spirit. And if you truly want to receive baptism of the spirit, I want you to come down. God bless you. God bless you. Baptized by the spirit. By being baptized of the Spirit, that means you're asking the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you into all truth where God would have you be. If you want to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I want you to come. I want you to come. Praise the Lord. Brothers and sisters, time is winding up. You can play church if you want to. But when it all comes down to it, just being here is not enough. You have to be about the Father's business. And if you just live in your life, because you're going to church, because you study your Sabbath school lesson, and you are not doing anything for Jesus. When he comes. He's going to say I never knew you. And even if you are doing things for the Lord. And you really are doing it for your own glory. He's going to say I never knew you. 